Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck. To hear the good news through grunts and with grunts, in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 16 Protect me, O God, for in you I take my refuge. I say to the Lord, You are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. As for the holy ones in the land, they are the noble, in whom is all my delight. Those who choose another god multiply their sorrows. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out, or take their names upon my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. I have a goodly heritage. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel, and the night also my heart instructs me. I keep the Lord always before me. Because she is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad and my soul rejoices. My body also rests secure. For you do not give me up to Sheol or let your faithful one see the pit. You show me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Song of Solomon, chapter 5, verse 9, through chapter 6, verse 3. What is your beloved more than any other beloved, O fairest among women? What is your beloved more than another beloved, that you are thus adjure us, that you thus adjure us? My beloved is all radiant and ruddy, distinguished among ten thousand. His head is the finest gold. His locks are wavy, black as a raven. His eyes are like doves beside springs of water, bathed in milk, fitly set. His cheeks are like beds of spices, yielding fragrance. His lips are lilies, distilling liquid myrrh. His arms are rounded gold set with jewels. His body is ivory work encrusted with sapphires. His legs are alabaster columns set upon bases of gold. His appearance is like Lebanon, choice as the cedars. His speech is most sweet, and he is altogether desirable. This is my beloved, and this is my friend, O daughters of Jerusalem. Where has your beloved gone, O fairest among women? Which way has your beloved turned that we may seek him with you? My beloved has gone down to his garden, to the beds of spices, to pasture his flock in the gardens, and to gather lilies. I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine. He pastures his flock among the lilies. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1-11 through 11. Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaim to you, which you have in turn received, in which also you stand, through which also you are being saved, if you hold firmly to the message that I proclaim to you, unless you have come to believe in vain. For I handed on to you as of first importance what I in turn had received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the Twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. 
Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so then, so we proclaim, and so you have come to believe. Good morning, and welcome to the first Friday of Eastertide. This is Brother Logan Isaac, broadcasting from the Appalachian Abbey in Knoxville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 16, the Song of Solomon, chapter 5, and 1 Corinthians 15. And this is Easter week. Um, Holy week is the, is the week preceding Easter, and Easter week is following uh, the Sunday of Easter. And um, it kicks off the season of Eastertide, which is the 50 days? Yeah, I think it's 50 days. So it's, it's almost like a mirror of Lent. Um, the 50 days of Eastertide lead up to Pentecost, and Penta means five or 50, um, and it's the day when um, Jesus, uh, no, I'm sorry, he sends actually earlier than Pentecost. Pentecost is the day that the church is born. Um, and so Eastertide is a time when, for the most part, Jesus is walking among his disciples after having risen from the dead, but before being um, uh before ascending to the throne of God. Um, and we hear of this in First Corinthians, where Paul is talking about the apostles and Jesus' reappearance um, and how he's the least of the apostles, even though he takes no umbrage in calling himself an apostle. Um, he's, he considers himself the least because he has um, persecuted the church. He has participated or helped others participate in the stoning of Stephen, and um, when he, when Jesus appears to Paul, it's on the way to Damascus where he's going to go persecute some more Christians. Uh, but he gives us this uh, review of when Christ died and when he was buried and he was raised on the third day. Um, he gives us a list of who he appears to, Cephas, then the twelve, then 500 and, uh, brothers and sisters more at one time, some are alive, some are dead. So this is probably years later as he's writing the, the letter to the church in Corinth. Um, Cephas may be Peter, which is another way of um, translating um, Peter's name, which is the rock or rock um, or Petros and the difference between, I want to say Latin and Greek. I'm not positive, um, but he does leave out the women. Um, he leaves out... Um, the, the strangers on the road to Emmaus, and anyway, um, but this is the, the period that we're in. Um, Easter week is kind of like the immediate aftermath, uh, you know, doubting Thomas and the rest of the apostles are beginning to discover Jesus, who looks somehow bodily different. He's not recognizable right away, um, but after something happens, they come to recognize him, whether that's eating food or when he finally says something to them, um, his physical, visible appearance has changed somehow. 
and the scriptures never really describe, you know, how that is. Um, and it's only after some relational kind of transaction, food, conversation, where they begin to see that this is Jesus and he's risen from the dead. Um, and uh, it, it makes me think of, you know, you go away on a deployment, you come back, if you have family, you're, you know, it's hard to recognize. You got to look really closely at all the different uniforms coming off the bus or the train or the airplane. Um, and you, you know, they look different, but once you kind of, you know, once you uh, share a hug or, um, you know, some some kind of thing indicates that, oh yeah, this is, this is who they say they are, even though they look maybe very different. Um, and uh, so the, uh, the resurrection is something that, um, that changes us. Some, it's not just like, I, I, I think of like, I've legitimately asked myself, well, should I be cremated? Because, you know, in, even during um, the Jesus' execution, his crucifixion, he, um, it talks about people coming out of their tombs. Um, will I have a body, you know, to come back to if I'm, if I've cremated myself, or or will somebody who's cremated uh, be resurrected? Um, and uh, really uh, observant Jews will um, will not be cremated, and if they, for example, have to have a limb amputated, they will bury that limb in a in their burial plot, which they've you know will then buy or they've already bought. Um, and that's how important the body is. But Christians, largely, at least uh, historically, the, the teachers of the church have said that, no, that's, that's actually not a big deal. Um, that not only is the resurrection something beyond simply a, a physical entity raising, you know, I don't know, kicking out all the worms or something or reconstituting skin and flesh on bones of decomposed like there's something more than just physicality that is changed um and uh in returning to the deployment metaphor um our experiences change us uh they influence us uh for the better for the worse um and i think that uh war is one of those things that can change us in either direction or frankly both directions i don't think it's Actually, I don't think it's linear. I think there's ways in which, coming home from war, I, uh, I didn't, I did not improve. I probably declined, um, and in other ways, I think I improved. I, there are things that I learned in combat that I deeply appreciate, and there's things I deeply regret. Um, and even though I may look different on the outside, and I've learned some things or I've gained some experience, yet I'm still the same person. Um, I am still me. I am sum total of all my experiences, my relationships. Um, and so resurrection is, is about so much more than just, you know, opening up your coffin, digging your way six feet up and being like, okay, here's, this is the hereafter. And Easter week is a way of remembering that, of, of um, really appreciating and pondering the the complexity of uh, what it is that God can do um, despite death, despite um, 
our experiences like combat or, or other forms of uh, either deeply traumatic or deeply empowering kind of experiences. Um, and so as we, we conclude Easter week and we reflect on the resurrection, um, I hope that um, soldiers and veterans themselves will see their experience, military experience, combat experience, as something that has value. Um, you know, at the end of training exercises, we would do both sustains and improves. And there's things that after combat or after we get out of the military that we want to sustain, that we gained in the military. And there will be some things that we will want to improve upon, things that we failed to do or that we um, didn't do right while we were in the military. Um, and as we, and I mean, this is in the context, besides just the global pandemic, uh, you know, the, the rate of suicide in the military, um, I think, is tied to uh, a loss of meaning and belonging and purpose. Um, and being resurrected from that kind of state of mind and state of being um, is important. And I think it has to do with um, wrestling with the fact that we are, that as humans, we are p- capable of both great evil as well as, both, as, well as great good. Um, and, and the resurrection... Um, is about pruning the bad um, so that the good may flourish. And so at the end of Easter week, my prayer for soldiers and veterans, their families, their loved ones, their allies, um, that uh, that we may experience resurrection, um, that we may do the difficult work of, of identifying the things that we've done wrong so that we may give more room uh, for the things that we've done well. A prayer for Friday of Easter week from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty Father, who gave your only Son to die for our sins and to rise for our justification, give us grace so to put away the leaven of malice and wickedness, that we may always serve you in pureness of living and truth. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Thank you for falling in to First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation slash support. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month and you can cancel at any time if I piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in First Formation in this or any way. Finally, and most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a recording app of your choice. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously, if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in morning prayers for pew-pew people. 
I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.